What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. This is the podcast where there are no rules and no topic is off limits. Here we are leaving the filtered, curated and socially acceptable version of ourselves at the theoretical door and together we will walk into a world of radical self-expression, true authenticity and deep vulnerability. This podcast is for you if you're a stigma fighter, a shame slayer, a woman desiring to call in her aligned partner or simply a woman sick of not showing the fuck up to her life as her true authentic self. I cannot wait to welcome you into my world and connect with every single one of you. Strap yourself in because we are only just getting started. Let's fucking go. I am super excited to say that I'm on a plane right now. So I have pre-recorded this intro. I am on my first proper holiday in two and a half years. In fact, I received a really beautiful request a week after my birthday this year. I had been invited to a wedding. Two of my very best friends, Tin and Kez, invited me around for my birthday dinner. Kez is essentially a five-star chef. She's a five-star chef. And she made me the most incredible birthday dinner, including the most delicious birthday cake. And she asked Jake what I love. And I don't really love cake, but I love icing. I'm the person who eats the icing on the cake and leaves the cake. So I had the most delicious birthday cake you could have ever hoped for with the most incredible amount of delicious chocolate icing on the top. And at that dinner, they both asked me, it's really funny, I kept messaging them both, I accept, as in I accept your request for me to be a bridesmaid. (laughs) And they just kept messaging them on Instagram being super silly. And at this birthday dinner, they go, we have a question for you. I'm being ridiculous. I go, I accept. Do you want me in a bridesmaid dress or do you want me in a tuxedo? What is it? And they go, well, actually, we are wondering, we do require a celebrant. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Are you asking me to marry you? You have got to be kidding. And they actually did. And it was such a beautiful and meaningful moment for me and my year this year in 2022. So I'm currently on a plane right now flying to Santorini to marry two of my best friends in the whole entire world. So that's a little update on me, my life and where I'm at. Prior to the pandemic, I used to travel one, two, three, four times a year, even if it was only to Bali. So I'm truly looking forward to leaving my laptop behind and really pouring into me and reminding myself how fulfilling it is to just be so present to the experience of life. My sister is coming with me because my beautiful partner, Jake, just opened his second business. So he's staying home to really pour into his business cup. So I really hope that I'm pestering my sister nonstop on the plane, annoying the absolute shit out of her whilst entertaining all of you who love to follow me over on Instagram. You know that I love a good joke and a good laugh and a good little bit of annoyance of all the loved ones in my life. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited to bring this episode to you. This is a solo episode on my detachment from my home. My home, for those who've been following me for a long time, would know that I have lived in it for six years. And for those who are very new to my world, number one, welcome. I have created so much peace and safety and just love and fulfillment within the walls of my beautiful home in Perth, Western Australia. And this year, my partner asked me to move out with him and both of our leases end within the same week at the end of this year. And so it feels like it really is time to say goodbye to the past version of me and really step forward into a more embodied way of living and being, to step forward into being a partner, a devoted partner, a loving partner, a committed partner, and creating a new home, a new nest in a different place. And it's a little bit of a challenge for me because I'm deeply attached to my house. I believe that I'm in a very, very loving relationship with her and she has created so much for me. So in this episode, you're going to hear a lot about my love for this home, the humans that she brought to my world, the experiences that she brought to my world, and how she held me through all my different career and business ventures that created what is now my beautiful coaching business. I hope you absolutely love it and 
It provides an amount of inspiration to you to live your life on purpose, listen to your intuition, and truly love where you live. Enjoy. I'm curious if any of you are familiar with the term conscious uncoupling. Because right now, I feel like I am in this experience. And it might seem really odd to you, but it's not with a person. It's with my house. For those who have followed me for a while, you will definitely know this. And for those that are new to the podcast and new to my world, welcome. I have lived in my home for over six years. And my home is so meaningful and important and significant to me. I literally believe that my home has an energy, a heart, and a soul of her own, and I believe that I am in relationship with her. I love my house so much. At Christmas time last year, I spent a couple of weeks in Jake's apartment, the two of us. Jake and I just worked so well together. We really are such a beautiful couple and I love how we live together. I love how we interact with each other. I love how like-minded and similar we are. So living with each other is very easy. It's like having my own best friend that I get to live with that is kind of like me, but much more grounded, much more patient. And over Christmas time, when we were together in his apartment, he said to me, baby, what do you think about us moving in together? We work so well living together. And I had a vision in mind that I would live in my home for seven years. And I said, just not yet. I'm a yes, but I'm not a yes right now. For me, moving in together feels like such a huge commitment. And not that I'm fearful of commitment because I'm obviously committed to Jake, but it's really cutting a massive cord for me of so many years of my life and letting it go and transitioning into the new. And I know that that's exciting, but it's also overwhelmingly emotional for me. And so what I've realized through this experience, we got to the point where we realized that both of our leases are up within a week of each other in November. And I'm one of those people that's like, synchronicities and blah, 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 and God's talking to me. I'm that person. (laughs) I definitely believe that God talks to me through signs, symbols, and just different experiences. If I'm ready to receive the message, I can see God talk to me. And so as we looked at the dates that our leases were both completing and realized that they were within a week of each other and Jake had been asking me since December to move in together, by mid this year, there was a part of me that was just like, just six more months, just one more summer in my home. And then there was another part of me that was like, I know that there's some fear there for you. And the fear is not of what you're stepping into, but the fear is letting go of something that I just love so much. This was my realization that I am consciously uncoupling from my home and from my housemates, the energy that I currently hold with my housemates, because obviously I love them so much that that's going to transition into a new relationship. But it really made me think like, why is this feeling so hard to cut the cord with? Why is the yes feeling so challenging for me? And what have I done in prior relationships when it's been time for that relationship to come to a complete? And I realized I have never consciously uncoupled from anyone or anything because we're not meant to be in relationship with everyone and everything forever. Some relationships are meant to be for a time, whether it's a short time, a season, a few years, a lifetime. There is a timeline for all of our relationships. When I reflect on the past, for the relationships that have come to a complete, Either they fizzled out and drifted off or they've come to like a rip-roaring halt where you're like, I fucking hate this person. I cannot stand to be around you. And that completion feels very easy because the uncomfortable emotions just teach us that, yeah, it is the right move to say no to you being in my world. But I've never had the experience of, you know what? I love you so much and I know that I'm no longer meant to be in relationship with you. I love my house. My house has just loved me for six years and supported me and encouraged me and allowed me to see beauty on the days that have seemed hard. This balcony of my home has loved me when I have shared publicly online on Facebook that I test positive for the herpes virus. This balcony has held me as I've cried. 
I remember once I made a commitment to myself that I would never have sex out of my integrity ever again. I would never sleep with a man and not disclose to him. And one of my really good friends shared with me that he had feelings for me. Now, this man had been in my life for years and I never felt any way towards him. It was very platonic. And all of a sudden, one day, something switched and I could feel this insane chemistry between the two of us. And we went for a walk one day and I could literally feel this insane energy of attraction and chemistry in my body. And after he left, about an hour later, he texted me and said, did you feel exactly what I was feeling today or was that just me? And I replied back saying, no, I definitely felt it as well. And so he said, what should we do about it? And I replied back and I said, if we're to take this relationship to a sexual place, for me, it has to be more than just casual sex. And I feel like that's not what you're looking for right now. He just come out of a divorce. And he replied saying, yeah, I agree with you. You know, my divorce isn't even finalized yet. I don't feel like I'm in the same space. And we completed that conversation saying friends, no benefits is better than no friends at all. And then we continued to hang out because we always hung out and it never led to sex. And then one time we hung out like normal and it did lead to sex and I didn't disclose. And so this was my friend and I was overwhelmed with guilt and just this lack of integrity. Like I had made a commitment to myself and I hadn't followed through with it. And so I connected with him and I said to him, I need to see you in person to talk to you about something that's important. And he said, yeah, no worries. So we met at this car park by the beach in Scarborough. I was so nervous. I got out of the car I, and I said to him, I have something really important to tell you. And I'm so sorry that I didn't do this prior to Friday night. It's important that you know that I test positive for the herpes virus. I was so scared. Disclosure after sex is way harder than disclosure before sex. And it's the only time I've ever had to do it. He received it so beautifully. He gave me a kiss on the forehead. He said, oh, does that mean that I have it now? And I was like, well, no, most likely you don't. There's a chance that I would recommend that you go and get tested, but no, not at all. He said, Beck, don't sweat the small stuff. Like we have life and that's what's most important. And that was it. That was the entire conversation and we left. But at the time, I hadn't spoken to anyone about the herpes virus. I was the only person who knew about it. I had no one to turn to for support to be like, how the fuck do I disclose? And what are the tips? What do you have for me? I had none of that. It was just me navigating all of this by myself. When you disclose to someone after sex, what they then go and do is jump straight onto Google. And Google can be the most horrible doctor. Now, honestly, do not go on Google doctor. Anyway, he goes on Google doctor and he reads all of these things. I'm going to call him... Scott, for the sake of this conversation. And Scott messages me afterwards and he says, Beck, I'm not concerned what happens for me, but what I'm most concerned about is what potentially could have happened to the woman that I slept with after you. If I have given anything to her because you didn't disclose to me. The laws have changed in Australia. It used to be illegal to have sex with someone without disclosing it no longer is. The herpes virus is no longer on the notifiable infection list. But he said to me, if she wants to press charges against you for grievous bodily harm, I'm going to encourage her to do so because she's well within her rights. And that fucking rocked me. That was the most painful day. All of my shame screaming to the surface. And the reason I tell you about that day is that day was one of the bravest days of my life. And my balcony held me that day. I used to put this beanbag in the corner of my balcony and the sun would glare down on me and I'd feel so warm. And I just lied on this beanbag and cried. And at the time, I was living with one of my favorite housemates, Tomo. For those who have been longtime followers, you'll remember him. He's hilarious. He has curly black hair, tattoos. He's funny and expressive. And I never told him what had happened, but he could see how sad I was. Usually he would absolutely pick me to shit. We had a brother-sister relationship and we would just tease each other. He didn't ask me one question that day about what had happened and why I was so upset. But he sat next to me on the balcony and just played really sad songs. This brings up so much emotion for me. Really sad songs and just allowed me to feel all of my feelings and just cry. I know now how important it is to really feel any single thing that you're going through. And this house has helped me through so much that to leave her feels so painful to me. I know it's the right decision. 
And I know it's time. I've waited like three weeks to do this podcast because every time I talk about my house, I start crying because literally I'm grieving someone that I love so much. I love this house. I don't think anyone will ever be able to understand except for me what this house has done for me. (laughs) Sorry for everyone who didn't want to hear snot (laughs) on their podcast today. But this house, even how I found her, the gift of manifestation and listening to my intuition. I remember I went to my favorite coffee shop, Yellow, on West Coast Drive, and I never drink two coffees in a day. Honestly, one coffee is more than enough for me. (laughs) And I remember being in yellow and leaving. As I'm driving down Karanup Road, I literally hear this voice, whether you want to call it God, whether you want to call it the universe, whether you want to call it intuition, I hear this internal voice that says, drive back and have another coffee. We always are receiving messages if we're willing to listen. But I could have been like, nah, it's after midday. I'm not going back. I don't drink coffee after midday. But for some reason that day I said to myself, yes, okay, oh, I hear this voice. This voice is so loud that I can't ignore you. And so I drove back and I had another coffee and I was like, okay, now I'm going to go. And then the voice spoke to me again. I'm at yellow. I'm literally sitting on the cement wall and I hear this voice say, go for a walk, Beck." okay, voice, (laughs) I'll go for a walk. And so I start walking left and I walk maybe 50 to 100 meters and I come to the park, Clarkson Reserve. And I never walk through the park. I always walk on the path. (laughs) The path is close to the ocean. I'm trying to get as close to the ocean as possible. At the time, I didn't live by the ocean. And I hear the voice go, walk through the park. And so I honor the voice and I walk into the park and I see someone that I know his name is Brendan and I knew him through the gym. And so Brendan's there stretching and foam rolling in the park. And I say, hey, how are you? And we smile and we talk and he goes, yeah, I just live across the road. I was not looking for a house to move into at the time. And I hear the voice say, ask if he's looking for a housemate. I was not looking for a house to move into. I didn't need one. I said to myself, I will not move into a house until I find a place that I'm really desiring to move into because I'd just come out of a really clunky living scenario with someone else. And I said to him, are you looking for a housemate? And he said, actually, we are. And someone came to look through the room this morning, but I would much prefer it be someone that I know. Would you like to move in? And I said, yes. He contacted me that day. I checked the house on Friday. Within a week, I had moved in. The the funniest part of that entire story is that we then lived together for years. This man became my brother and one of my now best friends. For years, I never once saw him stretch and foam roll in that park ever again. And I said to him one day, I've never seen you actually go exercise in that park ever since that one day that I bumped into you. And he said, you know what, Beck? I actually don't exercise or foam roll in that park. That was the first day I did it. And I'm just like, was God not looking the fuck after me that day or what? Like I heard my intuition speak and speak and speak and speak and none of it made sense. But I chose to honor it and honor it and honor it and honor it. And next minute, I meet my brother. Brendan is one of the key humans in my life. I'm actually going to put his details in the show notes because he's incredible. Brendan is one of the key humans in my life who has supported me to break free from disordered eating. My life has been so beautifully created around this house. My relationship with food, my ability to enjoy food. A lot of you do not know me from the time at which I was going through severe disordered eating. At one stage in my life, food consumed me and I could not be present to life because I was at war with my thoughts. Through moving into this house, I got to meet these incredible humans who are healthy, fit and beautiful and who fucking love to enjoy good food. And so Brendan and I were like brother and sister and the couple of all the couples, everyone, there was Russia and Simo and Tin and Kes, and they were all relationships. And so Brendan and I would be the like other couple that go places. And we traveled to Kuala Lumpur and all, all of these amazing places that we went to. But they loved and enjoyed food and they loved and enjoyed fitness and they had healthy, incredible bodies. And these humans were essentially my permission slip to letting go of my disordered eating thoughts and recreating a new relationship with food that actually supports me to thrive and live my life. 
This house is just so meaningful to me. I just don't think a 40-minute podcast is anywhere near enough time to even be able to share with you what she's done for me. In fact, yesterday I went for a walk and I was standing at the dog beach. There was no one there during the day and the water was so still and I was on the rocks and I was just praying essentially to the ocean and asking her, is it actually the right time for me to leave at the end of this year? Because I love you so much. I feel like I'm grieving something. I do know that it's time for this relationship to come to a complete and I don't want to do what I've done in prior relationships where you know it's time for it to come to a complete, yet you keep you keep fighting because you love something, someone so much, and it ends up abruptly ending anyway. Like I've played so many different scenarios in my mind. Like Jake could move into this home. Instead of us moving out, Jake could move here. And like instantly my body is like, no, that won't be enjoyable. Jake and I are two loud human beings. And together, just the two of us, we're amazing. But putting us in a living scenario with other humans who don't desire to be as loud as us, probably not enjoyable for everyone. So Jake could move in here for six months and everyone could be at the end of the six months just fucking ready for the six months to be over. And a part of me is like, that's such a good decision because then I could leave knowing that it was time versus leaving in love just feels so incredibly challenging. And I really am just honoring any person who has consciously uncoupled from anyone or anything because it's hard, really hard. It's teaching me such a massive lesson in detachment because I am attached. I love my home. I love this office. Honestly, at one stage, I was broke. I have my last $100 pinned on my bedroom wall. And that was when I was in $100,000 in debt and had no cash in my bank. And I had this $100 note and I thought I could bank it or I could write a money mantra on it and put it up in my room so I see it every day and remind myself that this was rock bottom and I will always rise no matter what hurdle comes my way. It says something along the lines of, I am the abundance. I am the magic. I am the money. I am the miracle. In fact, I want to take a photo of it and attach it to the show notes as well. When I was broke, I was already in this house, in this multi-million dollar home. I still managed to call in this amount of abundance. You know, they say, if you want the Ferrari, sit in the Ferrari. I've like fucking been sitting in the Ferrari, even when I was doing things that were out of my alignment for the exchange of cash. And I used one of those hundred dollars as a symbol of this was the lowest point and now we're fucking rising, Rebecca. And it's there on that wall, knowing that if I wrote on it in permanent marker, I couldn't use it again. And since then, I have been going up and up and up and up. And I honestly believe that without this house, I would not have created what I have created in this past three years. Prior to my coaching business, I had a dream of launching an activewear. And this activewear was so meaningful and so important to me. The day that I walked into the gym when I was 19 years young, bullied, considered suicide, assaulted by my ex-boyfriend, punched in the head, deeply fearful of the whole entire world, walked into Fitness First in a loo. And I literally remember walking through those sliding doors and hearing this voice say to me, you are going to have an active wear one day. And so I had this dream on my heart for 10 plus years of creating an active wear. I literally thought I was going to be the next Lorna Jane. I was like, I'm going to be the conscious Lorna Jane. That's what I am, the personal development Lorna Jane. That is my mission. I'm going to support women to break free from disordered eating. And so I believed this mission so much that I was like, I will not feel fulfilled in my life if I have not fucking created this active wear. And so I had no idea about business. When I was 25, I finished PT and I was like, you know what? I cannot let this dream die. I need to figure a fucking way to get this business off the ground. I quit my job when I had a really successful PT business. I was such an incredible PT. People used to come to me for my energy, would get incredible results. People go and live their empowered life. I've been doing this since I was 21. And it's kind of like, even though it's fulfilling, it's kind of Groundhog Day. And I think my mission is bigger than just squats and lunges. And not to say that's not important because it is very important, but I had done that for four years and God was almost like, "Mm, no, there's something more that you're missing. I quit my PT business, hand over all of my clients, and I decide I'm moving to Bali. 
and I am going to start this business. I moved to Bali with all of my savings. I don't realize how much it costs to start a business. In fact, I have no business acumen at all except for running a PT business. And of all the businesses to run, I found PT quite simple. (laughs) And so I go over to Bali, spend all my money on trying to get this business off the ground, run out of money and think, fuck, better go back to the real world and get a job. And so I fly back to Perth with my tail between my legs and no savings in my bank account. And I think I better go and get a job that supports me to then save all my money again to start this business all over again. When I came back from Bali with no money and I got home to my parents' house being like, how the fuck am I 26 years old? Thinking that that's really old. How the fuck am I 26 with no money, no job, nothing to show for my life so far and no idea what I'm doing next and no business acumen behind me. Starting a business was definitely not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And I thought, I am at rock bottom again. What the fuck do I do now? How do I always keep getting back to rock bottom? When you're at rock bottom, there's really not a lot you can do other than pray to something bigger than you. When I say prayer, I personally don't resonate with religion, but I do resonate with God. And when I say God, you can resonate with your own version of what God looks and feels like for you. It could be spirit. It could be source. could be the universe. It could be energy. It could be just a power higher and bigger than yourself. And that's what God really means to me. But I was at rock bottom, no idea what to do next. And I literally got to the ocean again. (laughs) And this is before I lived in this house. And I essentially prayed to the ocean and said, please help me. I am at rock bottom. I have no savings at this very moment in time. And I have no idea what to do next. And I need help. I know it's not going back to personal training. I know that I could just go and start a PT business all over again, but that's not going to fulfill me. And I need your help because I have no clue what to do. And within 24 hours, God responds. I go out to this birthday party in Leaderville, Perth, Western Australia, on a random evening. And I bump into this woman who looks at me and says, you're Beck Antonucci, right? And I said, right. <laughs> and I had been a person who had worked in a very busy gym for a very long time. And so a lot of people knew my name without me actually knowing who those people were. And I was like, who the fuck is this woman? And how does she know who I am? I have no idea who you are. And she was like, I see all your stuff on Facebook. You're incredible at marketing. And she goes, I need a marketing manager for my brand. And I thought, oh, that's nice. I dropped out of uni, but um, yes, (laughs) Um, my ears are pricked up because I need a job. She goes, would you like a job? And I said, fucking oath, I would love a job. And that started the next two years of the most wild, like university could not teach me what this job taught me hands-on for two years. I was not skilled for this profession. I was given responsibilities that were way above what I had been taught, what I knew. I didn't know how to do a lot of the fucking shit that I was asked to do. But I was the kind of person that decided if I'm given responsibility and you throw me into the deep end, I can either sink or I can fucking figure out a way to swim. And boy, oh boy, did I start swimming. And as rewarding as that two years was, and how much I am so grateful for that opportunity because it really did set me up for so much success in my now business. It was highly stressful, highly triggering, and it put me through a lot emotionally and physically. So by this time, within a few weeks of starting that job, I moved into this house as well. And so it was this house that really held me through all of that stress and all of that anxiousness and all of those challenges. And again, I would come home crying. I would receive messages from my boss that would just riddle me with anxiety, that I'm not a person who identifies with anxiety. And it was my house and the support of my housemates that got me through that time. The anxiousness being so overwhelming and all-consuming was the driving force that led me to quit that job and say to myself, it's time to get this active wear off the ground. And I quit that job. Two days later, got on a plane, went to Bali to start my business again. I didn't realize how much money management and money comprehension was so pivotal to me being able to understand and execute business. I really just thought that drive and passion would be enough. So I saved all my all my money from my corporate job and I quit the job and I flew to Bali two days later. I was like, 
That's it. No matter what, I've realized that PT is not for me. And I've also realized that working for someone else is not for me. Even if it's a great career, it's not my dream because it's building someone else's dream. And if their values are not in line with my values or relationally, I'm not getting treated the way that I deserve, then this business is not worth it. I am not building someone else's dream. So I quit, moved to Bali, start all over again, run out of money all over again, fly back to Perth all over again, tail between my legs all over again. Hilarious, right? (laughs) I really crack myself up. I really just want to take a moment to acknowledge my passion and my dedication and my commitment to trying, even if it is shrouded with naivety and just a lot of innocence, really, just a lot of innocence. But that's what I love about my journey. I have figured my fucking shit out. So now I am incredibly intelligent and my business acumen, I'm really proud of how I run my business now and how I show up to business now. And I really attest that to what I learned as a young, 20-year young woman who had no idea, who was just willing to figure some shit out and fall on her face multiple times. And so I decided this would be one of those times that I pray to God. I'm living in this house now that I love so much. And I go over to the ocean. I believe that God is the sun. God is the ocean. My church is the beach. And that is where I feel so deeply connected to myself. And so I'm sitting there and I let God, I let the ocean, I let the sun, I know this higher source, this higher power know that I'm at rock bottom. And I did commit to myself that I would not give up on this dream. And I have run out of money again. And I don't know what to do. But I have this internal knowing that I am not meant to give up on this. So what the fuck do I do next? I need help. And I also need a job. No shit. Within 24 hours, I receive an email to my inbox that said, Hi, Beck. I recognize you from our local coffee shop, Yellow. And I see you and the way that you engage with humans. I I smile at everyone. I say hello to everyone in my neighborhood. Everyone knows me. If I walk the coast, my friends will often say, are you famous? (laughs) Because I will smile at people. I say hello to people. I wave to people. I kiss people on the cheek, even if I have no fucking idea who they are. I just love to meet humans. And so this person said, I think you have an incredible personal brand and I see what you're creating online. And I think we have a very similar dream and a very similar mission. I would love to inject cash flow into you to get your business off the ground and go 50-50 in what you're creating, giving to the world. Well, oh my God, I had literally prayed to God the day before. I had run out of money and I had made a commitment that my dream was to get off the ground no matter what. And this person was just about to give me $60,000 to go 50-50 in this business together. Now, my intuition said, "Mm, I don't know about this person that you're about to dive into partnership with. And the other part of me, (laughs) the naive, innocent, and just like, fucking, let's just figure some shit out. Let's just do it. And whatever happens, let's just say yes and figure all the other stuff out later. My intuition like, I don't know. Do we trust this man? Do we like this man? I'm not sure about this. Do you want a partner? Do you really want? And my head was like, $60,000 and we have no money. Shut the fuck up. This person is trying to give me my dream. I'm not listening to reason and rationalization right now. I'm a yes. And so I email this person back, receive this silent partner, and we go headfirst into this business. And we start our company. I'm sure you can gather by what I do now for a living that that business didn't quite work out. And our business relationship didn't quite work out either. What I will always be so grateful for is all the lessons that that company taught me, all the lessons in business management, all the lessons in boundary setting, in relationship management, in setting and managing expectations, in legalities, all the lessons in emotional abuse, just so many lessons that I could go on and on and on about that experience forever. But as that relationship and that company was coming to a complete, it was a really stressful experience for me. And again, my house homed me and held me and loved me and nourished me and supported me no matter the stress that I was navigating throughout that time. 
And so that's why I will always be so grateful for this house. For a long time in this business partnership, a lot of people were saying to me, Beck, let it go. Complete this activewear. Close down the company. Being in partnership with this man isn't good for you. It isn't good for your health. It isn't good for your mental health. Things aren't working. Don't be too proud. And I would tune into my intuition and I would ask my house, is it time? What do I do? I would sit on this balcony. I would cry and I would pray and I would cry and I would pray. And then finally, one day, this house said to me, it's time. It's time to send what's happening right now to lawyers. And it's time for you to let go of this experience and your attachment to that business. And can you be in the comfort of knowing that you set out to do exactly what you said you were going to do and you actually did do it? Maybe it didn't create the success that you thought it would create and maybe it wasn't the end goal, but it was such a pivotal stepping stone to your next place. And it's time, Rebecca, to cut the cord with that dream to create space for the new. And it felt so difficult to detach from that dream because I didn't fucking know what was next. And I also knew that after the third time round of this activewear, I had run that race and it was no longer a dream of mine. That dream had been fulfilled and it was time for me to cut that cord. But the next thing, I didn't know what was next. And the space felt so incredibly fearful to enter because there was so much uncertainty. I didn't want a normal J-O-B and I didn't know what was next for me. And so my house held me in that time and loved on me. And I went and got some jobs, even though my Ego definitely didn't want that. I went and got three jobs and two jobs I was deeply shameful of because I really felt like I was better than them. One job I loved and I will always be so grateful to LA Fit, we can pop them in the show notes as well, for really teaching me what it looks like to be incredible bosses and to have such an incredible culture and to respect your staff so much and to make humans feel valued. As a staff member in this facility, I felt so valued, so seen, so acknowledged, so important in my uniqueness. And I felt like as bosses and a culture that that penetrated their entire infrastructure of their business. Honestly, Jay and Claire, if anyone loves Pilates, I encourage you to try and make a former because it's essentially Pilates on steroids. So I went and got three jobs. One of those jobs I loved. Two of those jobs I believe that I was better than and felt so incredibly mortified that I had gone backwards. Two of those jobs, I was earning way less than what I earned when I was 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, when I ran my own PT business. And I felt so deeply shameful. I believed that I was better than. What I didn't know is that it was important for me to eat a slice of humble pie and feel like what it looked like to go to work 75 hours a week and still feel challenged to make ends meet. Because at the time I had $100,000 of personal debt. So by the time I paid my rent and my bills and my debt, there wasn't much money for anything else. Lots of people don't know this about me. Some weeks, all I ate was boiled eggs. Some weeks, I would call my parents and ask them what's for dinner, not letting them know that I didn't actually have money to make my own dinner. And my parents will always welcome me around for dinner. In fact, if my parents could have me around for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the rest of their lives, they would welcome me with open arms. But I felt too embarrassed to say, Mum and dad, I'm going through so much financial challenge right now that I do not even have money for dinner. Can you cook for me? And pride will get in our way. I could have made that journey so much more seamless for me just by saying, I need help. I need support. You know the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. It also takes a village to raise a woman. And it takes a village to raise a successful person. Because there's only so fucking far that we can get on our own. In fact, why do you think that I have an operations manager now? Because I tried to do everything all on my own and I kept hitting a wall and it became frustrating. It became a limit for me. There was only so far I could go. There was only so far my success could go, me doing everything all by myself. There was only so far. And so that continuous knock of frustration and the continuous struggle and frustration showed me Beck, you can't keep going like this. Your success is not possible without support from other people. And so I started to recruit team. And as I started to recruit team, essentially allow myself to be supported, my business was then able to grow because I can't do everything all by myself. I'm not meant to. 
Successful people know that it takes a village to raise a successful person, which means that you can't only deem yourself as worthy of support when you're achieving in the external world. Success means when you're in struggle, when you're in breakdown, when you feel financially fucked, that you're able to turn to someone and say, this is my experience. And so I really want to reflect that back to you so that you know that I I know there are a lot of people in my world who are desiring their own businesses and they see success. And I am successful now and my success will only grow. But I have fucking been in the trenches and I have had to do shit that I didn't want to do. A lot of people who want businesses and want success, and I even have clients who do this. I've worked with quite a few influencers who have a dream. And because they feel like they have this facade to uphold in society, they won't go and get a job, a J-O-B, to support them in building that dream. Now, whilst I went through embarrassment and shame working some of these jobs, it was also so important that I was supported. And it taught me a lot about the value of money and also how much time people put into creating abundance for themselves so they can invest in things like personal development. So if you're working on your hustle right now, and you feel really blocked and your hustle is not creating enough abundance to pay your rent and bills at the end of the week, I really encourage you to go and eat a piece of humble pie and get the job that you really don't want to go and get to pay the bills that you really need to pay that will create a bit of emotional and mental space so that with that space, you can go and work on your dream. And my house homed me through that experience as well. And then the pandemic hit and my house homed me through that. My active wear had closed down. The pandemic had landed. Non-essential services was my skill set. I had three jobs in non-essential services. I now had 100K debt and a legal bill to navigate the business partnership that had closed down. And now it was COVID. And we all got the notification that gyms weren't open anymore, which meant the next Monday I wasn't getting paid. I did not know what the fuck to do next. And I felt backed into a fucking corner and like God had ripped the rug from under me. And as I sat in my home pondering what to do next, I knew it was time for me to take aligned action on the thing that I was always meant to do. This dream of mine that I had had for years to inspire people to live their lives, to activate people to believe in themselves. And to be a voice for people who currently do not feel like they have their own. It was like in that moment of the rug being pulled from under me (laughs) and feeling like I only had one of two choices. I'm standing on top of the balcony and I'm looking down. My mother yells out at me and she goes, Beck, have you called Centrelink yet? There is no judgment from me for anyone who needs government benefits. But for me, With the journey that I had been on, all the mentors I had invested, all different skill sets that I had, the corporate two-year career that I had deep dove into, the business acumen that I had accumulated through trying to get the active wear off the ground three times, the two years in corporate and the successful PT business, I just could not believe that I got myself to the point where my mum was screaming up at me, are you going to Centrelink? I felt so embarrassed so embarrassed. I was like, mum, do not fucking say that loudly in this area. Someone might hear you. Shut up. Even my sister texted me, have you contacted Centrelink yet? Have you contacted Centrelink yet? And I was like, fuck off. How embarrassing. That was the moment on that balcony that I said to myself, you have, Rebecca, one of two options. You go to Centrelink or you start your coaching business. That moment on that balcony of this home, you go to Centrelink or you start your coaching business? Well, I think it's quite obvious which option I chose. And within one month of starting my coaching business, I created more abundance for myself than what I had in an entire six months prior working three jobs and 75 hours. And so when I say that coaching for me truly is the path of least resistance, It truly was the path of least resistance. But it required my home to create that safety and stability for me. It required support from others. It required me eating a piece of fucking humble pie and getting jobs that I didn't want to do so that my rent and bills were paid 
to set me up for success, to actually do the thing that I said was my dream all along. And my house has held me through all of that as well. My house and my business dreams coming alive and coming online are so integrated and so connected. And it takes me back to yesterday where I'm so proud of my business, so proud of my business. I'm so proud of my clients. I'm so grateful for the worldwide community that I have all around the world. And as I've been at war with, you know, this internal war of consciously uncoupling from my home that I love so much, I'm wondering, is it the right decision? Do I wait six more months? Do I invite Jake to come and live in my house with me until like we all hate each other and Jake and I move out and like finally it was time to leave, to leave Trig. Trig is the suburb that I live in. I stood at the ocean and I was praying and I said to her, is it really time? And she said, yes, it's time, Rebecca. And it was like she started to speak to me and she said, you know, I have been here for you and I created so much stability for you and we have been through so much together and I'm so proud of you. It was like she adored on me. She was like, all the things that you've been through, all the highs, all the lows, disclosing about the herpes virus on that balcony, disclosing after not disclosing and crying and feeling every single one of your feelings on that balcony, starting your business multiple times on that balcony, going through all of the stress of that activewear and that business partnership on that balcony, that corporate job that was so stressful, navigating all of your stress, just watching the sunset on that balcony being surrounded by so much abundance, realizing how beautiful life is and how abundant you are even when financial scarcity has hit, you've still been abundant no matter what. Like Rebecca, you were so supported and I love you so much and we've done everything that we needed to do together and now you have your wings. I feel like a little bird in a nest about ready to jump and I'm questioning Will my wings work outside of this home? But the home has said, yes, Rebecca, we set you up so much and you're already flying. You just doubt that you'll still fly at the same capacity without me, but you forget that there is magic on the side of letting me go. So can you lovingly let me go? I love this house so much. And I've loved sharing how meaningful she is to me and everything that she's brought to me the meaningful relationships, my housemates, my best friends, Tom, Tony, Samantha, Brendan. I've had some of my best times in this house of my whole entire life and she's just held me so much through everything that I've gone through. Every day I just kiss the door as I walk in and I pray to the ocean as I feel challenged to leave. And I'm really being taught a beautiful lesson in detachment and grieving, like grieving the loss of someone and something that I love so much, which is this home. But I really know that it's the right thing to do. And I think when we're focusing on loss, we forget about what could potentially be created. And it's not loss, it's release. I'm releasing my attachment to this house. And consciously uncoupling from a relationship that's been so meaningful to me. But I'm not losing the relationship. But when we're focused on loss, it feels scarce. feels like I'm being taken from. But what I'm not realizing, what I'm not allowing in this practice, which I get to be in the practice of from this point onwards, is really asking myself, What am I going to create in this space? What newness is going to be available to me? What new coffee shops do I get to go to? What new parts of the world do I get to walk around? What new energy do I get to circulate and cultivate? Like there is so much magic available in the space. It's kind of like when the pandemic hit and the jobs could no longer be worked and there was space for me to be uncomfortable and uncertain. But in that uncomfortable and uncertain space, the seed 
for magic was planted. And in that space, this beautiful career and incredible business was birthed. But I just don't know what's coming yet. And the human doesn't like uncertainty. This house is so certain to me. I could literally live in it for the rest of my life. And I could predict my every day, the coffee shop that I go to, the coffee that I get, the people that I smile at, the barista that serves me. I can predict the entire thing. I hope this is landing at the same capacity for you that it is for me, that I get to detach and release but not focus on loss, knowing that I'm creating space and in the space there's going to be the opportunity to plant the seeds of magic and I don't know what those seeds are yet and I don't know what magic is coming my way. But based on evidence and results, every time I've released and space has been available, brilliant things have happened. So how could my ego say anything other than brilliant things are happening now? And so conscious uncoupling from this home may very well be one of the most challenging things I've ever done because to release something or someone that we love so much, even though we know that no longer they're right for us, in the formation that they're currently occurring. Wow. I'm really honoring my bravery and my courage. And I'm really curious what you received from this podcast in terms of your own business, in terms of your own mission, in terms of your own attachment and detachment, in terms of anyone or anything that you have a relationship with that you're currently uncoupling from. I'm really curious. It's so easy to cut someone off when it feels icky and bad. But I feel the truly brave, courageous action is completing when it doesn't feel bad, but we know it's time for completion to occur. That's true bravery and something that I have not yet been practiced in until now. My loves, if this resonated for you in any capacity, I would just love for you to screenshot this podcast and share it to your story with your takeaways because I know that we went in so many different directions. I really want to hear what you got to receive from this share and everything that came through. I have so much appreciation for this house, so much appreciation for the relationships that she brought me, so much love for Tony had so much fun. Literally, my comedic talents have come online living in this house. I really feel my inner child is so safe in this house. And in this home, I've received so much permission to be me fully and expressively. I'm forever grateful. And I can't wait to see what magic and what magic looks like in my new space. I hope you all received so much from this transmission. Have a beautiful, brilliant day. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.